Welcome to the commute home. This is Derek. This is Nick. Hey, and now we are back to part two of Nick Goes to the Military. <laughs> Sounds like a B movie. Straight to video. This definitely is a B movie, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. So in part one, we learned all about you kind of getting talked into going to the military. We learned about you uh, having to do the, the physical with the doctor. Your first experience in the hotel room waiting to get shipped out the next day. Going to the wrong uh, fort to, to start your training. The manic travel to get to the right fort to start your basic training. And we ended right when you were arriving to the, the fort in North Carolina, I believe. Uh, so it's South Carolina. South Carolina, excuse me. It's funny when you say the fort, though. It makes me feel like Oregon Trail. <laughs> well, you did take a long journey to get there, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and they, yeah, it's true. Uh, nobody died of dysentery on the way, though. Right. I should be saying bases, though, shouldn't I? Well, no, because the funny thing is, is they're called, like, their names are like Fort Knox and right. Fort Jackson. But it's just funny to hear somebody call them a fort. Mm-hmm. Fucking cowboys and Indians and shit. <laughs> <laughs> going to Fort Fort. Yeah, Fort Fort. We're going to build a fort. We're going to build a fort on the fort. We're going to fortify the fort. We're going to fortify the fort. That's Get right. Get your sticks. Get your crossbows. We will have ultimate fortness. Ultimate fortness. I'll be your huckleberry. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but okay. <laughs> oh, man. Tombstone, man. Come on. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been on TV recently, too. Did you see it recently? Has it? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it recently. Yeah, both of them are on right now. The uh, Tombstone and um, Wyatt Earp. Oh, the one with uh, Kevin Costner? Yeah. I don't think I ever saw that. Uh, you know, I, out of the two, I like the Kevin Costner one more. Interesting. All right, so uh, I arrived at the fort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I traded in a couple oxen and got some supplies. Actually, did you get bullets? Uh, no, I didn't get any bullets. I should have got some bullets, though. You know, I guess that's a lie, because at some point they did give me bullets, but uh, that's later on. Real quick, actually, I'm sorry. I want to backtrack for one second. Looking back at this and at this whole experience, the big question I had was your recruiter. Looking back, I mean, I know you had an impression of the whole situation and the and the recruiter back then, but now looking back at you know your youthfulness and everything, did your recruiter just have like this silver tongue, and he snake charmed you in, into taking this adventure? Because it seems like you had not thought it out at all, and it kind of hit you that night before that you shipped out. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I never planned on going. I you know I told you that. I, I had zero desire to enter the military. And I, looking back on it now, like, I'm not one of those guys that, you know, says, you know, the recruiter fucked me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not that because, like, I, I would have, if I wouldn't have been able to join uh, the Army National Guard, I think that there were points where later on I considered I probably would have joined some other branch of service. Um, so it, I, I don't know why it was there. It was just there for me to do it. And I, he never told me anything that I believed. 
So let's let's put it that way. Like I was gonna do it because I was gonna do it. He didn't talk me into doing it. So when there were things I didn't like about it, I never went back and said that guy. If it, it wouldn't have been that fucking recruiter lying to me, then you know this would have never happened. I, I just never bought into the bullshit that he was spewing. I <laughs> I was just more about I'm gonna go do this and because I want to do it, not because of anybody else. Okay. I was just wondering because, because like you said, in the in uh, it was two and a half weeks between between when you signed up until when you actually left for basic, and then um, which was really short, and it, and then you kind of talk about how it, how it kind of hits you that that night before at the hotel before you got shipped out for basic, and I'm like, so I, I, so that's why I was I, I kind of got the impression I was wondering, wow, did a young Nick get talked into this? Yeah, no, it was more that night before was just more of like jitters yeah and it just like the realism of like what the fuck did you do Mm -hmm. like even though like you can do stuff like that you really want to do and then right before you do it you're like what the fuck why why did i choose to do this but then you go through it then you're like okay it's it's not too bad or whatever but yeah so it's just the jitters and 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 it kind of all hit me like like i had said before i've never really been away from home um you, or you know the city of Indianapolis really like I've been places uh but it's like never without like parents or people that I knew like friends or family or something like that so it was my first time out on my own and it's just like it just hit me all at once and I was like freaking the hell out but like by the next morning I was I was like come on let's go do this shit and then you know I'm in Fort Knox and like I didn't want to be there I fucking I didn't like it. I didn't. I didn't like getting yelled at all the time, and there was like again nobody that you knew, especially in the very beginning. So it's like you didn't have anybody that could be your confidant or you could like share the experience with or anything like that. So you know it was it was tough, and then the whole experience of you're in the wrong place. Now you got to go do all this shit, and again there's nobody there with me to like experience it or fucking talk through it so i spent a lot of time by myself just dealing with these uh dealing with these emotions got it so yeah the uh arriving at uh fort jackson again you know i was supposed to be there at a specific time i didn't get there uh until much later because of the fiascos with the the flights um and you know when i got there i had this interpretation in my mind or this assumption in my mind that the conversation there was going to be a conversation when I got there and I was going to say hey I done I did this I've done this I'm just ready to go start basic training um so when I get off the bus from that I took the bus from the airport from um Columbia airport to Fort Jackson I get off the bus and it's just like at Fort Knox. You're getting yelled at and you're getting shuffled around and everything like that. And I'm like, I'm like trying to like interrupt the drill sergeant, which is never a good idea. Cause I'm like, hey man, I already did this shit. And they're like, I don't give a fuck what you think you've already done. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I have, he's like, I don't give a fuck what you think you've already done. And like, and then I start getting shitty and he can tell I'm getting shitty. So he just fucking lays into me even more, which just like, 
it was the longest like fucking two hours at that point in my life so um so yeah man that that was when I first fucking arrived there I like I said I thought I was gonna have this conversation and I wasn't allowed to have that conversation and I tried to explain the situation they didn't fucking care like that guy and you can tell like those drill sergeant the overnight drill sergeants because they they have to pull their uh it's a rotation so it's like that's not just his job all the time so usually he works during the day but that day he had to work during the day and in the fucking evening so he was all kinds of pissed off anyway ah uh-huh. yeah so that's just kind of the way it works but then he would be off the next day but he wasn't looking at that. He was just looking at this little 17-year-old little punk in front of him trying to tell him how shit's going to go down. And he was having none of that shit. So, so once again, it's, I'm not supposed to be here today. Not even supposed to be here today. Fuck! Not even supposed to be here today. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Oh, fuck you. Working on my day off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Dude, it is like... The epitome of my first two weeks in the military was, I'm not fucking supposed to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Very nice. And in my mind, I'm like, well, why are you here? (laughs) And uh, I couldn't come up with a rational explanation. Um, so, So I kid you not, the entire time I'm with this guy, within like two to three hours, I probably did... Over 500 push-ups. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it, dude, it was so bad. And and I did a lot of push-ups in basic training because of my mouth. So it's um, it's fine, whatever. But, like, I, I just I, – I couldn't explain to him. He wouldn't let me explain to him the situation. So this is interesting. And, I, and I'm wondering if, if this kind of explains your how you are today. It may be. Because in the real world, you are very reserved. You're very polite. You're very soft-spoken. You don't talk that much. And, you know, very, very reserved. Very stoic, actually. Until you get to know me. When it's you and me on the phone, or if it's you and me hanging out in front of the grill or doing whatever at your house, uh, (laughs) you talk a lot more. You swear a lot more. Yeah. It's not all sir and ma'am like you are in real life. Is that is that from your basic uh, training experience? You think? Um, are you talking about the sir and ma'am thing? The differentiation about you know, in in most situations you act one way, but in other situations you act very different. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And to be honest with you, I didn't learn it until later on, like going through basic training. Like, I refused to learn that because I would just wouldn't shut my fucking mouth when I should have. And then there's like a point. I, it's it's way fast forward. But when I got back from the military and I went back to high school, I was still in JROTC. And the sergeant that I had there, Sergeant Squires, he kind of broke it down for me. And he was like, essentially, he said, you have to know your audience at all times. And that's really where it comes from is like him telling me like, when you're doing this, you have to be like this. And when you're doing this, you can be like this, but these other people can never see you like this. 
so that's really what it comes down to is it's like and then he like used that as a teaching and being reflective when I was explaining to him the stuff that that had happened in basic training and he was like well that's because of this so after that conversation I tried to be way more aware of it and to the point now where I think not 100% perfected it but I'm pretty fucking close to depending on who I'm talking to I can completely almost change who I am as a person so pre uh basic training you were you were like podcast Nick 24 7 is that correct yeah 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 I'd say so and now post uh, basic training you kind of figure out this right balance in your life where sometimes you have to be you know work Nick and other times you get to be podcast Nick yeah, and it and I and it was like I would say like it, again, it's not immediate after basic training. It was it took me a couple months because when I first got back from basic training, it was like, you know, I was walking around, you know, with my chest fucking puffed out and everything like that because I'm like, dude, I've been I've been to fucking basic training. Y'all shit ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like that's how I kind of acted at first, and then again after that conversation, uh, with, with my staff sergeant, uh, who is a teacher. Don't get me. He's a teacher. He's an ROTC teacher, but our JROTC teachers are former military. So they, they come in and they teach JROTC, um, as former military people. So, you know, after conversating with him, he was like, man, you, you know, you came back and you're, you're, you're continuing to be like this person, but almost worse because now you feel like you've done something in life and he was like but you have the opportunity to change who you are based on what you've done so that's kind of where that came into play interesting it kind of sort of reminds me of myself in a situation that so you know i'd always been a big strong guy so i i never had to really worry about i never got into fights i never had people you know try to lean on me or anything like that everyone's just like "Eh, big guy you know, if he gets a hold of me, I, I'm, I'm going to have problems. So I, I've never had many problems in that department. But me, I'm a pretty quiet, you know, humble guy. And I don't start fights or situations. and I don't antagonize people. That's just not the way I am. So in my mid-20s, I started training with guys in, uh, in MMA. I start, and I started really literally training with guys that were in the UFC at the time. And man, after three months uh, of training, like, I guess I kind of had this puffed out chest thing myself because I'm like, eh, because I finally knew how to fight for real. And, and when that happened, I just stopped putting up with people's BS altogether. And, and uh, you know, like people like, like at, at the bar come to me and start like, you know, just being you know, drunk idiots. And I'm like, get away from me, which before I would never be like that. I would just kind of just egg them on just to, you know, be, be nice. And now I'd be like, get away from me. And the guy's like, well, what are you going to do about it? And, I, and I'd be like, oh, you want me to show you what I'll do about it? And I, it would just escalate, escalate, escalate. But thankfully it never got any, you know, further than that, you know, it never got into fisticuffs or anything like that. But I, but it's right. just like, once I, I kind of walked the walk and I knew what I was doing, yeah, I it, it and I and I was conscious I was doing it, but I could not stop myself for the longest time. Yeah, and you you do you do have to train yourself, and it's like after that conversation with him, 
I didn't automatically, you know, hey, this is how I'm going to be and this is who I am. Like, you have to train yourself and you have to be self-aware um, enough to the point where you want to be uh, that person. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a great example because it's kind of this it's kind of the same thing. You know, you if if you go through something like that, especially with you and the UFC, it's like, you know, you can you can throw down with somebody and it takes a bigger person to be able to know they can throw down and not than you know somebody that goes around and you know lets everybody know that they can throw down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean for me i wasn't i wasn't letting people know and i wasn't braggy i just uh what's the word uh i lost my diplomacy altogether uh, you know, when uh, especially at bar times, I'd be, I would just be like, "F you, get away from me." Bad, 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 bad. That almost led to some bad, some bad situations. So, but over time, you learn that like sometimes you have to be tolerant to that stuff. I, 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 I've tried really hard to mentally be like the way I was before. I, I, I learn how to fight, uh, and and just, and just be that person again at all times, and and you know. Because, because even even though they can't fight, that's not my thing. It's never ever been my thing. Yep. For me, it was a hobby or a sport, not a way of life. Yeah. And then, but you know, you do it long enough. Sometimes you know things creep in your mind, and you know you hang out with people that are a certain way. Things start happening and stuff like that. So, you know, when you when you talk about being self aware and everything, going back to then you start joining bands and they start making a whole bunch of other bad decisions based on the people you hang out with. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. I know all about that. See, now you just fucking, now you just hang out and fucking make podcasts. Hey, I, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I, I have con- consciously and actively got, gotten as many of the negative people out of my life as I possibly can. And, That's uh, all you can do. And, 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 and honestly, that was a lot of people in my life. So... Yeah, that's uh it took me a long time to figure that out, but uh you know, live and learn. Yeah, negative people will fucking break you down, man, over time. <laughs> they have no problem with who they are. Yeah, yeah. That's a different episode though. We could go on and on and on about that and uh, uh the Tower of Derek. It's boring. So Well, maybe another episode. Yeah, maybe. They can play it for babies when they get ready to go to bed. Ah, yes, yes. It'll have pictures. By the way, mental mental note here. So we need to have um, a cartoon where it's like you with, you know, good Nick or with podcast Nick and uh, job Nick on each shoulder. And, and, they're, and, and, and they're trying to tell you how to act just like in the cartoons. Oh man, that's my fucking life, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so keep that in mind. I want to make that cart- that cartoon one of these days. All right, I'll keep that in mind. All right. Um. So yeah, uh, get get to get to get to Fort Jackson. Deal with you know the drill sergeant for a couple hours. They shuffle you into the barracks. There at the reception station which I explained previously what reception was. And, you know, so you go to sleep, and then two, three hours later, maybe, uh, you know, the uh, fucking 
the bugles going off and shit, which is a real thing. You know, it's not just on TV. They'll play that shit over the loudspeakers and everything, like a bugle to wake people up in the morning. Um, you know, so I get up and I'm like, okay, now I got to go fucking talk to somebody because I'm not supposed to fucking be here. Now, when you say bugle, you're talking about those those corn things that you put on your fingertips to make it look like you have claws and then you eat them, right? No, sir. I'm talking about the musical instrument. Oh, that was close. Yeah. So, so a little side story real quick. The bugle, right? So in the morning, they'll play the... Uh, fuck, I forget the thing, but it's like the melody to wake everybody up. Isn't that roughly? The what? Is that roughly? Yes. Okay, so they'll play that in the morning, but then in the evening, when the sun goes down, they will fucking play taps every single night. And they'll take the fucking flag down wherever you're at, on the base, no matter what you're doing, you are to stop, face the nearest flag, and salute. Um, we, you know, you'd be in the middle of training, they, you know, they play the, uh, they play taps, at, you know, at dusk. And when they do, you just fucking stop everything. Everybody stands up, you know, uh, salutes the salutes the flag and everything until they're done playing taps. So it, uh, the first time that that happened at Fort Knox, like, literally gave me chills because, like, everybody is stone still, you know, facing the flag, saluting, and while taps is going on. So, and then the thought crosses your mind, like, I'm going to die. interesting uh it very i don't know if i want to go on this road or not but uh it it it, it's kind of you know so the military kind of reminds me of muslims because they're the only other people that i can think of that actually no matter what they're doing or in the middle of they stop face a particular direction and do something symbolic for x amount of time and then, and then go back and carry on with what they're doing. So that's kind of an interesting parallel I just I have in my head. That is interesting. I never thought of it like that. Huh. Very good. Huh. Okay. So, uh... Yeah, sorry. Food for thought. Uh, yeah, food for thought. Very interesting, though. Yeah. Um, so, you know, wake up the next morning. They, God, I'm fucking going way too much in detail with this shit, man. And I don't know why, but, um, no stopping now. Uh, so, so my first, first morning for Jackson, you eat whatever. And it's like, they, they come in and they're like, this is what you're going to do today. The drill sergeant comes in and there's, they're all drill sergeants. Like nobody's not a fucking drill sergeant until you go to the medical people to get your shots and stuff. So I'm like, it's not the same drill sergeant. I'm like, drill sergeant, you know, can I, you know, request permission to speak, and they're like, what do you want, and I'm like, I, I did this already, and like, and I thought they were going to rip into me, and they're like, well, okay, so we're going to go do, um, visit haircuts, obviously you don't need one of those, the fucking haircut scene is hilarious, it's just like fucking stripes, man, mm-hmm. just, uh, hilarious. What kind of hair did you come into with this, what kind of hair did you have when you went into basic training? So, so I thought I was going to beat the system ah. and I, and I went to the barber the day before I was supposed to ship out and my barber was a former, former, former soldier. 
and uh, old man fought, uh, I think it was the Korean War, but he was a former soldier, so we, I go there, get get my hair cut, I'm like, hey, I'm going to, to basic training tomorrow, I just need you to cut my hair, so I don't have to worry about getting it cut when I'm there, and he was like, well, they're going to cut it anyway, but fine, so I get there, and I think that I'm going to, you know, beat the system, and uh, so I sit down in the chair, and uh, he said, you think you're smart, don't you, and I'm like, what do you mean, sir, and he was like, I got, he said, don't worry about it. And he takes the clippers and I had barely any hair on my head and just starts fucking digging them into my scalp, man. Like digging them into my fucking scalp. Nicked me a couple times, bleeding on the top of my head and shit. It was crazy. So I want to understand the mind of 17 year old Nick Moore. So, so when you say beat the system, what you mean is, ha, I paid for my haircut instead of getting one for free. Showing you, man. No, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess, but no. <laughs> that wasn't the thought. That's what 38-year-old Nick would think and not 17-year-old Nick. Hindsight, huh? Yeah, he's like, fuck this, man. I, I, I was thinking I'm going to be as prepared as possible to make life as easy as possible on myself. That went out the window fucking hour one, man. Okay, okay. What you really should have done, you know, instead of spending that money to, you know, get that haircut before you went in, you really should have taken that same amount of money and gone and bought, bought like, a ball gag to shut your ass up so you wouldn't have to do so many push-ups. Yeah, so, uh, fucking super glue for my lips. Yep, yep. Something, something, something. But, um, so, yeah, uh, that morning, whatever, talked to the drill sergeant. He's like, we're, I got to take these, I got to take these privates to go get haircuts you're going to go talk to so-and-so and you know, so I go talk to so-and-so and they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You already did it all. Uh, you're going to have to do it again. Makes sense. Yeah. Except for the part. The only part I didn't have to do again was the shots. Cause you know, they'll give you, um, all kinds of shots and shit when you join the military you have to do like tb testing and stuff like that i didn't have to do that and i didn't have to get my uniforms so instead of doing those two things i got to cut grass at the end of june in south carolina there's not a whole lot of grass on that base by the way it's mostly sand so that's what i got to do instead of uh doing that stuff so that was basically that that orientation week or that reception week you were cutting grass instead well no only only when they were doing those two things oh okay so everything else which is like where you go to meet with the you know the people to make sure you have a will you go to make sure that you go get your eyes checked like all of that shit oh fuck the eye check oh my god dude I digress for just a minute. So, have you ever heard of BCGs? BCGs. BCGs. Uh, I can make something up, but no, I don't think so. <clears throat> Birth control glasses. Ah, okay. <clears throat> so, when you, you go into reception and everything, you go to the eye doctor. If you have glasses, they give you BCGs. And they call them birth control glasses because ain't nobody fucking you while you're wearing them ugly-ass glasses. So did you look like Drew Carey or Harry Carey with those on? Neither. I was way fucking skinnier, man. Ah, okay. 
more like uh, fucking what is it, Andy Dick in, in the Army Now. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, so yeah, I already had I already had my BCGs, but they made me go see the eye doctor anyway. Like I I essentially spent a whole lot of fucking time repeating everything that I had just previously repeated the week earlier. I mean that I had previously said the week earlier, and um, and again it took a week. They weren't going to ship me to basic training. Everybody that I was in reception with were the people that I was going to go to basic training with. Um, so, you know, within a couple days, I get a nickname, uh, from the people. Is it rewind? It's like this. No, it's not rewind. Um, I'll tell you the nickname in a minute, but people in the military have this huge, like fetish with naming people, other people, other, other things like nobody ever goes by their real name. Like you use last name all the time anyway. But like every, and you do that around the drill sergeant, but like everybody has a nickname by like the end of the first week. And it's really, really strange. And you just keep that nickname throughout basic training. Then I went back for AIT and I had another nickname. Um, Jesus Christ, this whole fucking military thing is going to take like six weeks, Derek. Because yeah. I'm like five minutes from my house. <laughs> yeah, you're going deep, man. Yeah, I... I I guess I don't know another way to tell the story. Yeah, you've told it to me before. It didn't take this long. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so fast forward, I graduated basic training and went back for AIT. <laughs> and then so, so, so what was the nickname? Hercules. Say that again? Hercules. Hercules, why is that? I don't know. You don't get to choose your nickname, man. Uh, true, true. I'm just trying to think. I mean, did you do something Herculean? Well, I I was very small and strong for my size. I don't know if Hercules was small, though. But, um... No. I don't know. Never. And, know. And, and, and never in any cartoon or movie was he small. Yeah, so so I don't know, but that, that was it. <clears throat> now, when I went back for AIT, I got another nickname, which fit fit more. Could it have been from the, the Nutty Professor? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Is that the one with Eddie Eddie Murphy? Yeah, there's a scene where they're all sitting around the dinner table, him and his family, and uh, like like his youngest brother is eating, and uh, his mom starts clapping and goes, "Hercules, Hercules!" Oh, he's a little Hercules. Show me muscle again. Oh, Hercules, 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 Hercules. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I never seen that movie. <laughs> Big question for you: Was there anyone there younger than you? Negative. I was the youngest person. Now, even with the program that you were in, is 17 the youngest you can go in at? Go in at? Yes. Okay. Yes, 17 is the youngest. 17 and, and have completed your junior year. Okay. Gotcha. <clears throat> so, yeah, I was, the youngest, I was the youngest person there, and the oldest person there was 35. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Now, was this a guy that was that, that was uh, re-upping or what? No, brand, brand new. Really? Brand okay. New. Yeah, and that was the oldest you could be. He was a teacher from Philadelphia. Oh, darn. I missed my chance. Yeah. His name was Teach. <laughs> <laughs> See, that makes sense. That yeah, it makes sense, right? Some make sense. My bunk's mate, my bunk mate his name was Bubba. Uh, was he a big guy? 
Nope. Okay. But was he Southern? He, he, he was not. He was from Pittsburgh, but his bottom lip stuck out. Okay, so Forrest Gump uh, reference, yeah. but Bubba Gump. Got it. My given name is Benjamin Buford Blue. People call me Bubba. Just like one of them old redneck boys. Can you believe that? My name's Forrest Gump. People call me Forrest Gump. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, Bubba didn't make it through basic training, by the way. He didn't die, but he went home. Um, so he couldn't couldn't handle handle basic training. All right, man. So I'm here at the house. Uh, we will we will continue. Nick goes to the army next week. Same bat time, same back channel. Part three. Nick goes to the army. Part three. Yeah, part three. It felt like it took that long to get through it, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I will talk to you soon. All right, man. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I'm sure we'll have a good time doing it. Our email address is thecommutehome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, drive safe, everybody. 